0: The Let's Talk Podcast, The Birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew 1, 18-25, Introduction. One of the most difficult questions parents have to face is arguably, Mom, Watoto, Hutokawapi. This question elicits a whole host of reactions from parents. They get jittery, begin squirming on their seats, start fidgeting and developing sweaty palms, or because of a question from a five-year-old, a simple question at that. You are sure to get all manner of weird answers, some downright sinful. Our text today helps us to consider a similar question of conception, one that is more difficult to explain and comprehend. This notwithstanding, it is one not covered in shame, but has all the hallmarks of glory. It is the most outstanding and pivotal moment in all human history, together with the resurrection. Join me as we behold together this wondrous mystery. First point, a supernatural birth. The narrator introduces us to the manner of the birth of Jesus Christ. He wants us to have it no other way concerning this unique conception. It is this way that the birth of the Christ took place. Mary, the mother of the child, had been betrothed to Joseph. Now, in the custom of betrothal, parents chose a young woman to be engaged to their son. What followed afterwards was official arrangements and a legally binding marriage agreement before witnesses. Only a formal process of divorce could break a betrothal. Such was the gravity of this process and custom that betroth- betrothed partners were referred to as husbands, husband and wife. See verse 19. But before Mary and Joseph came together, meaning get married, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 19. Joseph, once coming to this realization, resolved to quietly divorce her. Why was that? Because having sexual relations during betrothal was considered adultery. But as Joseph pondered this action, something happens. Well, in a dream, an angel of the Lord appears to him and quiets his fears and reservation of taking Mary as his wife by making an outrageous claim. The angel of the Lord says to him that that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is an emphasis of the statement made in the very first and introductory part of this narrative. The conception is from the Holy Spirit. The word Holy Spirit is preceded by a preposition from, which means or denotes origin, where something proceeds or comes from. Thus we must emphatically conclude that the conception of this child is a work of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. This truth of the Spirit's work in the birth of Jesus is similarly echoed in the Gospel according to Luke. One twenty-six to thirty-eight. This account narrates the birth of Jesus being foretold. Let's look at verses thirty-four and thirty-five. Without a doubt, then, this clearly identifies. This birth to be the work of the Spirit. And why is this significant, you might ask? It is important at this point to mention that the birth of a child is no miracle or supernatural event. We all know how it happens. If we had time, I could give you all the details. Certainly, a union between a man and a woman is required for this to take place. But here the scriptures provide us in this narrative a brown. Groundbreaking occurrence, one of epic proportions, namely, the birth of a child without this natural and well-known union between man and woman. This child, we are told, shall be conceived from the Spirit. What does this mean? Certainly, he is unlike any of us. Look with me to verses 22 and 23. The narrator sees all these events as a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah 7.14. The virgin shall conceive a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Therein lies the answer to our question so far. He who is born by a virgin from the Holy Spirit is God with us, meaning God in the flesh. God has condescended and become like one of us, a man. Notice that he not only was born and became a man, but also remained fully God. John corroborates this truth. When he jots down, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The apostle picks up this glorious truth when he writes to the Philippians, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Philippians 2, 5-7 The writer to the Hebrews adds, Since therefore the child share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partake of the same things. Hebrews 2:14. Behold this wondrous mystery. Behold your God who took on flesh, thereby identifying with all our human finiteness, limitations. yet still God in all his infinite worth. He is fully God and fully man. Why did God become like one of us? Second point, the reason for the supernatural birth. Look with me at verse 21. You might have been asking, who is this that he is talking about? Well, Matthew got you. He readily anticipates this question by giving us the name from the dream Joseph had. You shall call his name Jesus. This God-man is Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, equal and co-eternal with God, the Father, the second person of the Trinity. Why did he come in the flesh? As befits his name, he came precisely and principally to save his people from their sin. This is a reason for this supernatural birth, to save sinners. The scriptures over and over attest to the sinfulness of all men, that all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In our representative, and federal head, Adam, we have all sinned, and are thus under the just condemnation of God. All rights. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned Romans 5:12 because God is good he will punish sinners therefore there hangs dark a dark cloud over every man and woman born after adam and the fall that is the just wrath of god the wages of sin being death we all deserve eternal punishment in hell saints it is indeed a fearful thing to fall into the hands of god and for this reason Christ came, not to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. God became man in order that he may identify with us, but yet without sin. God became man in order that he may keep the whole law in our stead and die a substitutionary death. Only the man who is God was able to meet the righteous requirement of the law on our behalf, for he is holy and righteous, unlike us. God became man in order to die. He was without sin, yet for our sakes he became sin. Our sins were imputed on him, thus announces the prophet. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. For we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53, 4-6 Here, saints, lies the great exchange as Christ cried with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This cry of anguish signified that God bore our sins and carried our sorrows, and was thus justly being punished by God, on our stead. Temporarily, feeling the strange estrangement from fellowship with His Father, on the cross, the love of God for ruined sinners is displayed alongside His unflinching justice. His wrath is thus satisfied when Christ resigns; it is finished. On the cross, not only is our sin imputed on Christ, but also his righteousness for all and all who will believe in his Son. Thankfully, his death is not the end of the matter. After three days, his divinity and our justification is vindicated. As the hymn writer rightly rejoiced, I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost, Jesus forsaken, God estranged from God, bought by such love, my life is not my own. My praise, my all, shall be for Christ alone. If you'd ask Paul why Christ came, he'd look at you intently, his face lit with joy and compassion, and then exclaim, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Verse 22 and 23. We are told that the events surrounding and the birth of Jesus was a fulfillment of what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. The Old Testament saints looked forward to this day when their Savior would come to die for them, for us. See Luke twenty four twenty seven. The birth of Jesus and his subsequent death and resurrection are no afterthought or knee-jerk reactions for a situation gone south, out of control. His birth Life, death, and resurrection is not only the impeccable plan of the Godhead, but also the immaculate execution of such plan under the watchful and overarching providence of God. We may well join Paul in joyfully proclaiming But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we, might receive adoption as sons Colossians 4 4 and 5 verses 24 and 25 Joseph obeys in faith point number three implications one dear saint Consider the boundless love of God in his becoming a man, identifying with our weaknesses. Isn't he familiar with our pain, suffering, sorrow, wants and needs? Shall we not cast our anxieties on him in prayer? 2. Dear Saint, would you today consider the fact that since God spared not his Son for you, a sinner, nothing good will he then withhold from you? 3. Dear Saint, would you consider today the vastness of the love of God in becoming man in order that he may redeem you a sinner? Shall we then continue in ingratitude without joy? Shall we esteem anything of more worth than knowing Christ, or better, being known by him? For, dear friend, if you have not believed in this Godman, I plead with you to cry out to him to save you. He will not cast away a penitent sinner. Repent, believe the gospel. Merry Christmas.